Welcome in Seahawks fans to the newest episode of the Phil Goals podcast. I'm Nathan Sano, joined as always by the Batman to my Robin. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? Uh, I'm feeling great. I'm, I'm on draft atropic hallucinogens. Oh yeah, we're ready to talk draft. You guys might have heard us before on the Seahawks Nest podcast. Uh, you might have heard us before uh, on this very feed with uh, with Brandon. Today we we are without Brandon. We are Brandon Brandon list, but we're gonna where we wanted to bring you some of that juicy draft content we you've been craving as you head as we head towards Friday. I know the draft starts Thursday, but it doesn't start Thursday for the Seattle Seahawks. And we're selfish, so you know we only care about the Friday on portion. We're Correct. kicking it old school with this draft, only it's, having Friday and Saturday. Correct. I mean, it's usually it's we start the draft starts for the Seahawks on Thursday with a trade. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not a not a pick. You know, usually there's the light tease of a of a Thursday, but yeah. this or, time or, they just cut to the chase. A trade into a pick that we all roll our eyes at. Okay, but <laughs> today what we're here for is we want to talk about uh, what makes a Seahawks draft pick. And over time, we've seen that the Seahawks are really into certain physical measurables. Um, it's why it took us so long to even try an outside corner in the Pete Carroll system like DJ Reed with shorter arms and a little bit lower height. The Seahawks have certain physical traits that they look for in their players to make them uh, perfect Seahawks, right? And so... Based on the way that they've drafted in the past, you can kind of compile a list of traits and get an idea of of exactly what they are looking for. And a guy doesn't have to hit every single one of these traits. You know, he can miss on one, miss on two. A good example of a guy the Seahawks targeted that missed, maybe didn't hit every physical trait, is a Puna Ford, right? The Seahawks went hard after him in UDFA, and uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Puna Ford. He's short. Right, Kevin? Short? Yeah, yeah. he didn't match any of these uh, running back traits that we asked for, but... Nonetheless, we end up with uh, the greatest unused fullback in the NFL. I know. Why, why can't they use him at fullback? Ridiculous. So what we're going to do today, though, is we're going to go over some of those uh, some of those physical traits the Seahawks look for, uh, kind of establish those thresholds that the Seahawks are looking for, and then give you some examples of some draft prospects that are probably on the Seahawks board because they meet most or all of the physical thresholds. A uh, big credit to Alistair Corp, who is kind of the first person to I in that I saw reading, uh, writing about this and and kind of tweeting about it and stuff, but even way back in the day. And uh, that's kind of like uh, what kind of inspired all of this. So here we go. All right. Uh, let's start with running backs. I don't know. The Seahawks probably uh, won't take a running back. We hope the guy Chris Carson is coming back now, but there are some great running back prospects at the end of this draft and we might see them head their day two, day three. Um, Seahawks look for running backs that are between five, 10 and six foot one, 215 to 230 pounds, jump in a 10 foot broad jump, a 35 inch vertical and a 4.6540. And the reason these are the drills, you know, those, those jumping drills really show burst, right, Kevin? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's kind of like their suddenness as an athlete, cutting ability, that sort of thing. Uh, so, all right. Who's an example of a day two prospect, Kevin, the Seahawks might be looking at, uh, based on these physical thresholds. So this is a little bit of a challenge. Um, there's a guy that I'm going to let you bring up because I know you just love him. He's your big draft crush. So I'm going to bring up a guy who, Misses on a couple of these notes and hits on some other ones. And that is Michael Carter out of the University of North Carolina. Um, his size at 5'8", 201 pounds, puts him kind of under on this. But he ran a 4'540", had a 34-inch vertical, was just shy of that 10-foot broad. And he's a guy who was an interesting, especially pass-catching running back, um, who could be like a late day three target if the team trades back or picks up an extra pick. 
Yeah, like a good, really good uh, a day two target. The guy I think everyone brings up is Javante Williams because he's only one inch short and three inches uh, too light, but really hit on everything else. So, uh, yeah, I think Michael Carter and Javante Williams, both North Carolina boys, would be great examples. Javante ta- Javante Williams is the most fun tape watch in this draft, by the That's way. That's a fact. Violent runner. All right, Kevin, what's our one day? What's our day three guy? Uh, that we want to talk about here for these measurables. So something I think could be really interesting and available really quite late would be a guy like Kylan Hill out of Mississippi State. He didn't get a ton of usage, but he hits all the measurable marks, except he's shy on weight by about one pound. If you look at his usage pattern and his athletic testing numbers, he actually reminds me quite a bit of Chris Carson coming out of college. Yeah, just a guy who who never had the the opportunity, never really arose. But five foot ten, jumped two inches over. Uh, really, just looks like a good, solid all around guy. The big thing with him is he's he's not a a guy who's going to bust an eighty yard run. But Seahawks don't really need a running back that does it. We want to pick up our yards and chunk chunk plays, right? Especially in this new system where it's kind of one cut and go. Yeah. All right, perfect. So let's move on to wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver, the Seahawks have kind of two different profiles they look for. We've got the outside guys and the underneath guys. So let's start outside. These are the big guys. If we drafted an outside receiver, this would be to push Tyler into a more permanent uh, slot role as opposed to playing both in and out of the slot. Uh, what the Seahawks look for here is a high to six foot one inches, 210 pounds, uh, 10, in, 10 foot broad, 35 inch vertical, a 44540, a 44 short shuttle, and a seven inch cone drill. Uh, three cone drill, sorry. A 7.0 second. I said seven inch cone drill. That'd be. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, a, a, that's a different testing method. That's that's the shortest shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought okay. we were going Seahawks Nest after dark there. I was worried for a second. No, okay. So, <laughs> field goals after dark now. Okay. So, what was an outside wide receiver you think the Seahawks might be targeting on day two, Kevin? So a guy who's not always thought of as an outside receiver, and he's a little bit light for the role, but I think he's a really interesting fit, would be Diami Brown out of North Carolina. So he's a hair under that 6'1". He's 6'5". Did you only... I have a question. Did you only watch North Carolina tape? I didn't, like, but North Carolina has skill position <laughs> players. Now, when we get to offensive line and defense, you will not hear them again. <laughs> so, but uh, I think he has an athletic profile that matches up a lot to what the team looks for outside. And he's one of those guys who I think is one of the more talented players who might be sitting there in that draft spot. I feel like outside receiver is kind of really early and then late, late projects. He, so he killed, he's, he hits every measurable except weight and he killed every measurable except weight. And the thing that makes him intriguing, I think is because he makes up for that lack of weight by being an 82nd percentile wide receiver bench presser. He did 18 reps of 225, weighing only 189 pounds. That is insane. Like that, the guy he he kind of shows that like okay, I'm I'm underweight, but I pl- I play above my weight, and it shows up on the tape, right? He does play above his weight class. He initiates contact. He goes through guys. He's buff. Um, he has a limited route tree, right? So that's why he's going to be a day two guy instead of a day one guy. But I totally would love to see us pick him up in uh, at the end of uh, round two. There, that'd be awesome. Awesome pick. All right, Kevin, who's a day three outside receiver that you uh, scouted and you liked? Okay, so somebody I consider to be day three, but I mean, draft placements are all over the board this year. But a guy I think could be there in the fourth round is Nico Collins out of Michigan. That Michigan offense is just a mess without a lot of quarterback talent throwing to people. And he's a guy who is a measurables dream and a big time project. You know, he's 6'4, he's this gigantic guy. He can 
run like the uh, vertical routes. He can run kind of slants and goes and posts. And we're not really sure what else he can do necessarily, but he's a really interesting athletic ball of clay. Yeah. And, and I mean, the six for six on the measurables, he hit every, he hits every mark, but the tape is not super great. You know, he's, He's it's inconsistent. And it's he, a big thing. He, for a guy that big too, he never breaks tackles. So like mm-hmm. you, you, you want to see like uh Nico Collins and you, you're right. It's a guy that we would be bringing into mold and the history of Michigan wide receiver, Michigan players really in general and Seahawks is uh, a little scary, right? Well, we drafted a third round Michigan wide receiver and it did not go. I think yeah, fourth round on Amara Darbo. <laughs> so, so yes, uh, I, I'd love Nico Collins. I think is a great project though for like round four, round five. I agree. All right. Now, underneath receivers, the requirements are a little bit different. The Seahawks, uh, they're okay with shorter guys, height of five foot nine, weight of 180. The broad and vertical and 40 all stay the same, but they look for a little more quickness in the short shuttle and the three cone. Uh, you drop those down to 4.2 and 6.9, respectively. So we're looking for a little bit of more of that short area quickness getting open off the line, releasing Kevin, who's a day two guy that you that fits the underneath Seahawks wide receiver profile. So a couple of guys who, I mean, I don't think they'll be there, but if Elijah Moore out of Mississippi or Rondale Moore out of Purdue are there, we snap them up. But a guy I think has a really good chance at being there for that pick would be Amir Smith-Marset out of Iowa. Um, He was productive in a pretty limited offense with, again, limited quarterback talent. He's pretty slight, but he... He's I mean pretty he's a, slot rec- he's a slot receiver, right? Like right. slot receivers are that that's the whole thing is that the Seahawks are oh you see you can see there's a 30 pound difference between the outside receiver and the inside receiver, right? Outside receivers, we're looking for a guy that weighs 210. Inside receivers, we're looking for a guy that weighs 180. So like it's it's just a, a little different point. He needs to be a little quicker, but it's okay if he's a little uh, a little skinnier. And I agree, the more brothers are no, they're not brothers, but the Moors. Uh, yes, I'd be super pumped to see either of those guys available when the Seahawks pick. That's what those are. That's the kind of talent I'd be like. Yeah, let's just stay at fifty six and pick one of these guys. They're that yeah. good. Um, yeah, that Marset, would be a Tyler Lockett esque pickup if he were there. Those were there. Smith Marset hits most of the measurables. He's he's a little off, like on it on a couple of them, but just barely. You know, and like I said, these are these are guidelines, not uh, not hard and fast rules, right? So just because he he ran a four five forty instead of a four four five forty doesn't mean the Seahawks aren't going to pick him. It's just going to move him farther down their board. Um, all right, how about a late round guy? Who's a late round slot guy? A guy I think is really interesting would be a player like Shy Smith out of South Carolina. He reminds me a little bit of Golden Tate, where I could see him actually developing as an outside guy at some point in his career. But he almost looks like he's playing basketball out there or something like South Carolina did a weird thing with their receivers over the last few years. You saw Debo Samuel come into the league and he didn't know a lot of wide receiver things, but he knew a lot of like being a crazy athlete. That's difficult to cover things. And shy Smith has some of that. I don't think he's quite the same level of athlete, which is why he's going to go later in the draft, but he offers some upside as a run after catch kind of guy. And he's a really interesting prospect who could be available like in the fourth or fifth round. South Carolina has this weird thing where they, um, they do. They have a screen guy on their team. Like Brian Edwards was the screen guy before, mm-hmm. and Brian Edwards is, is in the NFL now. And they 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 have a guy that just plays screens. And Shai Smith was the screen guy last year, and he he catches a bunch of screen passes and then makes plays with the ball. And yeah, as long as he never gets touched, he's pretty pretty awesome. But like he, he all his targets are like his heat map for 
all routes run, like a bunch of them are behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like his red area of his routes run on his heat map is like behind the line of scrimmage. But I, I agree. Super intriguing prospect. Hits he he's point zero one behind on the forty and point two behind on the short point zero two sorry behind the short settle so totally a physical monster that could come in his three cone time six seven nine that is fast yeah that's that's some quick feet that's quick that is some quick feet so um all right we're gonna go ahead and take a break and when we come back we'll have tight ends offensive tackles and interior offensive line all right welcome back Field goals, listeners. Uh, now we're going to head to tight ends. Uh, tight ends, the Seahawks are looking for you to be 6'4", 250 to 260, to broad jump 9'5", to run a, a to just jump a 31-inch vertical, uh, run a 4'9", 40, uh, 4.5 short shuttle, and a 7.1 second three cone. Okay, tight end might not seem like a position of need with Disley coming back and Gerald Everett, but I think it could be a good spot to take like a, like a little bit of a project. The Seahawks did take, their, uh, take a shot at a move tight end last year towards the end of the draft. Uh, Steven Sullivan, but he has moved on to another team. He did not clear waivers. So who's a, who's a day two uh, prospect that hits, pushes the buttons, Kevin, that hits, hits the measurables. You know, if I'm thinking about day two prospects, I don't think there's a lot in big time day two prospects uh, at tight end, but for an inline guy, Hunter long out of Boston college is around three or four guy who is measurables are really interesting. Six, five, he carries some good weight there. He's uh, more athletic than you'd think. He's one of those guys who could catch the ball and rumble you some yards. He's kind of a that traditional, um, you know, Heath Miller style tight end. Oh yeah, and he's he's big. His only the only measurable he didn't hit was the three cone. His just like DK, his enemies are all three of the of the cones. That's right. Um, but he he gets. There was a game last year where he got seventeen targets. Like this guy, they they looked for him. They wanted to use him. He played a lot and. Uh, yeah, he's he's a good good football player. I think definitely if he's available in like round three, round four, could be a guy Seahawks look to to improve that tight end room. Uh, what about day three? And then day three are UDFA guys catching your eye. So uh, this would extend to move tight ends then. Oh yeah, any okay. kind of tight ends. The other tight end that I really like um, would be Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame, and he's another guy who's probably somewhere in that round three or four area. I could see him going a little higher. His measurables are a little lower on his height and weight. He's only 6'3", 240. But if you watch his tape, the dude is a blocking monster. It's kind of like when you watch Will Disley block, and he just kind of ends people's existence. It's really cool to see. Yeah, he wants... The thing that's crazy about Tommy Trimble, too, is that he has the physical profile of... Um, like I, think he, I think... Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, he'd be like an H-back. I was thinking Chris Cooley, There you actually. go, yep. uh, Chris Cooley type of guy, where he's, he's not going to end up playing... Uh, he's going to end up playing some kind of weird hybrid out of the backfield role, but on the Seahawks, they could be really valuable because he could play some move tight end, play some fullback play on special teams and like kind of fill a bunch of roles all at once. And although we have special teams ACE at fullback right now, I mean, that could be, he could be the guy that we're passing the torch to there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, offensive tackles. Here we go. The Seahawks want offensive tackles to be big and have long arms, six foot four, 310 pounds, 34 inch arms go measure your arms if you want to see that's long those long those arms are long that's really uh, long yeah nine foot broad jump 30 inch vertical 4.75 in the short shuttle so not this long but we're also looking for explosive and quick really if you think about it if you were to get down in a lineman's stance and you were to fire off on the snap 
what are all the parts of that chain of like of your body that you would use in order to put force into the other person and drive them right. off the line? So like the jumping matters, the short shuttle matters, the bench reps matter. Those are the, those are explosive drills, right? You got to explode that bar off your chest. You got to explode to to jump really high. So who is a uh, day two guy that has, is the apple of your eye that you would love to see their fall to the Seahawks of 56 or, or they could, could catch up with on round two or round three. I think there's going to be a bit of a run on tackles at the end of round one, beginning of round two. There's a lot of offensive tackle talent. But a guy that people are going to be scared to draft because of the lack of playtime and because of some injury red flags, a guy who could maybe slip into round three is Walker Little out of Stanford. He's 6'7", 313. He's got long arms. He's got great testing numbers. He was a blue chip prospect um, or recruit coming out of high school. And he showed some really great tape for a 19 year old. And then he just really hasn't been able to play since he got injured. There were COVID issues and he missed basically the last two seasons. So this is a guy you'd be bringing in who probably is going to be able to project probably wouldn't see the field this first year, but developmentally he could be a left tackle of the future. He could be one of those guys where you're buying low and end up with a much better player than you'd expect to pick up in He's- round three. He's very tall too, six yep. foot seven. Almost to learn, too tall. Getting to learn from the uh, the Dwayne Brown, another very very tall offensive mm-hmm. tackle, could be super beneficial to him. And I agree, it's a long term project. Very interesting. All right, day three is a day three tackle that's really um, catching your interest. Day three is basically you're trying to draft a, a bag of traits and hope that it turns into something that resembles a quality lineman, and so. Um, one guy who's interesting to me is Tommy Doyle out of Miami of Ohio. Uh, this guy's just a monster and he seems like he'd be able to handle a swing tackle scenario pretty well. If we needed him to, he's got the size to be able to hold up at either left or right tackle. Um, he's six, eight, which is again, exceedingly tall, almost yeah. too tall to be able to play the whole position. You, uh, you went for the, you went for like the two tallest guys in my spreadsheet right there. Just, <laughs> just, just go, uh, Spencer Brown is the only one I have. That's, that's, a that's dissimilarly, uh, heighted, uh, Tommy Doyle is great though. Yeah. I, I think like doing 27 bench reps when your arms are as long as Tommy, Brown, uh, Tommy Doyle's is really hard. So it's, it's not, it's okay that he just barely missed that, that threshold for the Seahawks by only doing 24 bench reps. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's, a He's, he could be a monster if he, you, you can really figure it, help him figure it out, figure yeah. it all out. A quick thing with him that's interesting. So you brought up Spencer Brown, and that's a guy who's been climbing up draft boards. He's probably like a late day two, maybe early day three pick. And he's a guy who didn't really put together great tape, even at Northern Iowa, which is a pretty good program. That's why I'd be more interested in a guy like Deontay Smith out of East Carolina or Tommy Doyle in Miami, Ohio, who probably will go in that fourth round. Mm-hmm. Um, or Stone Forsyth out of Florida is another guy where they have these great measurables, but they're probably going to go just a little bit later. I think people are talking themselves into some of these small school guys. Spencer Brown, I think, is rising because he's a physical freak. Yeah. I mean, he jumped, he jumped 10 feet almost as a six foot eight, 311 pound man. That I, I wish I could jump 10 feet and I'm <laughs> way, way less heavy and uh, I'm only a little shorter. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's uh let's head on to uh interior offensive line uh let's do let's do some guards and centers the the measurables are about the same there's one significant difference that i'll mention really quick 
Uh, the, the heights are six foot three. The weight's three ten. The arm length is thirty three inches. Uh, the broads eight five. The verticals twenty eight inches. The short shuttles four nine, and the bench reps are twenty three. The big difference is Seahawks have a measurable for centers: the hands. They want their centers to have 10-inch hands. And we talked about this a little bit in our podcast. This takes some guys who are potentially interesting pretty much off the board. You know, like, there's some good centers that I think, like, oh, I watch the tape, and I'm like, oh, this guy's kind of interesting. And then I look at his combine score, and it's like 8-inch eight inch hands, and I'm like, well. Looking at you, Drake Jackson. Uh, you're, you're done. You're not, you will not be a Seattle Seahawks because that's too far from the threshold, I think. So, all right, uh, let's just lump them in together. Guards and centers. Uh, they're basically the same, except for, like I said, the centers need to have the, the mitts. They need to have the, the hands. Kevin, who's a guard or center that you'd like to see a Seahawks take on day two? So I think that there's a number of guys that are pretty interesting, but my number one guy that I, I would like to see in the third round or top around four, if we got a pick there, if he managed to slide to our fourth round pick, it'd be amazing to me. And that's Kendrick Green out of Illinois. Um, he comes in about 6'2", 305. He's got those 10-inch mitts that we're always looking for. His athletic testing numbers are really good. If you watch him on tape, the dude moves around really fluidly on the interior offensive line, and he has versatile experience at guard and center. I think he's great for a zone blocking system. Insanely explosive, too, in the in the physical testing here. Nine foot, 11 inch broad when the threshold is only eight feet, five inches. And he's also has the, he has the best broad jump in my spreadsheet, which does not include day one guys, because I instantly just take, I would not want to look at them. You know, yeah, yeah. We don't want to make ourselves uh, feel bad. I don't want to feel sad. I know Penny <laughs> Sewell probably has good athletic testing, but I'm not going to look at it because I don't want to know. Um, 35 and a half inch vertical. I think that was number one in this position group as well. Just a, a physical monster, like you said, Kevin. A little bit short, a little bit uh, light, but I think the Seahawks will get over it because of how well he tested everywhere else. He's also coming out of Illinois, so you got to figure that he could add some like good weight and some. Like and some coaching, you know, like right. that's not a great program he's coming from. All right, give me one more late round guy. Can, okay, can see. Uh, another guy that I think is really interesting. Another guy who I think is probably a center first and foremost is Drew Dahlman out of Stanford. Uh, he's another guy where his his athletic testing numbers are all kind of meets or exceeds. He's got them big mitts that we're always looking for on ten, the interior. Ten, ten and a half inch hands. All right. Yeah. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's licking his lips thinking about those ten and a half inch That's hands. right. He's uh, like, <laughs> instead of taking off his shirt with DK, he's like wore a pair of gloves specifically to take them off he, and compare he held his He held his hand up and he was like, can you put it over? Let's see who's, who's. <laughs> That's exactly it. Always compete. Did you, okay. Speaking of always compete, I hate the tangent in the middle of this, <laughs> but did you hear about the, that the new, uh, one of the new coaches, I, th- I don't remember which one it was, was making all the people, uh, the guys he talked to play rock paper scissors with him to see how competitive they were yes that's actually uh was something that the seahawks were known to do in the combine interviews okay they would do like staring contests or rock paper scissors i remember seahawks doing staring (laughs) contests and it's like we're testing how competitive they are it's like no you're checking the grit (laughs) i I just think they would run out of questions and be like man we got him for like two more minutes what can we do i agree drew dalman's really he's he's really solid his athletic testing was great he's just light and i think that could cause him to slide down draft boards toward the seahawks you know snag him with the fifth rounder and he's instantly a guy who could compete with postage for that center job uh right away not no no questions asked for me so good thing we have ivan lewis to help out with all these guys getting more strong and crap and all right (laughs) so so for kevin for uh for myself we will see you guys uh soon go hawks